Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... That lends itself into our developing partnerships and other projects. And then also the client work that we do, that you need that. You need the ability to empathize and build rapport, but then you need a business lens as well. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 268 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Stacey Ross. Stacey started her career and discovered her passion for the community sector at the age of 19 and has never looked back. With inspiring ideas, endless desire, and the ability to empower others to reach their full potential, Stacey is a dynamic and passionate leader. With qualifications in human services and community development, combined with strong management skills, Stacey helps deliver outstanding results for the community sector through her role as CEO of the Center for Women and Co. Motivated by the team she works with, Stacey's entrepreneurial way of thinking gets people excited about the possibilities within their own lives and the community. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us today. We're very excited to have you here. Hello, thank you so much. Excellent. So could you please share a bit about your background and what led to your work in social enterprise? Well, I started when I was 19 and I started with the youth service and worked with young people. I I guess I was a young person myself and really very quickly found myself supporting the people that I worked with and for in, in encouraging them to reach their full potential. What ideas did they have? How can I help them make that come true? What could I, you know, leverage off to help them with their ideas and their projects? So Mm. that's sort of where it started. And then I very quickly realised that, yeah, I I wanted to be in leadership positions where I could elevate my team to be the best that they can be. And I'm only as good as my team. So anything that I can do to help them achieve their goals and their dreams was, yeah, really appealing to me. And I had this really beautiful young man who had lost his friend in a car accident and, you know, they were all at school at the time and it was a really massive hit to the community that they'd they'd lost this young boy. And he wanted to put on a skate and scooter festival and a music festival in honour of his friend. And I was like, okay, let's do it. Let's do this. So we, yeah, we spent quite a few months and, more young people came and became involved in it and there was just this beautiful energy and they created an incredible event where they had lots and lots of different music artists and collaborators come together in a rural town and put on this incredible festival for in honour of their friend. And, 
Yeah, and I guess that's where I sort of started going, okay, look, we know that there's these systemic issues in the community, but there is so much untapped potential around innovative ways that we can work. And so fast forward a few years, I got into the women's sector and Mm. I had completed my degree in human services and majored in HR because I just needed that piece of paper to say that I could be a manager. And I hardly remember anything from my degree because it was you know hit the ground running and you quickly learn on the ground and so my introduction to social enterprise was when I was running the women's service and Mm. we were on the verge of being defunded because government was changing their focus and what they wanted to invest in and so I was like okay how do we do this work differently that could generate income to be able to sustain it and that was sort of my first yeah my first introduction to social enterprise. Wow. Stacey, it's amazing to see how much drive and passion you have there. And now, as you just touched on, you're the CEO of the Centre for Women in Co. And they're a leader in the space of supporting women who have experienced domestic violence. So what services does the centre provide and how do they foster well-being amongst this demographic? Yeah, well, I think, great question. So the first part of that is what services we provide. So Mm. we work across Logan and Redlands region in southeast Queensland. And we offer a really big range of services and programs for people experiencing domestic and family violence or mental health issues. Or we also have men and co services, which provide services for men who are using violence or Mm. who don't want to use violence, but don't know how to stop Mm. and so forth. So in terms of women, the Centre for Women, we offer children's domestic and family violence counselling because unfortunately a lot of children experience that within their families' homes, which is incredibly sad and heartbreaking. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely devastating that these young children as young as three and younger are coming in and needing support. We offer domestic and family violence crisis support. So that means that women coming into the centre who need to get out of their home quickly and safely can come to our centres and and access that support and we can get them into refuge. And then we also offer practical support as well, mobile phones, food and fuel vouchers, safety planning, risk assessment. We work through with the woman as they are the experts in their lives around what to do to get safe and what do they want to do and how do they do that. And then we can sort of activate that alongside them. We offer mental health counselling. We do lots of group work. We have high risk teams that is working with the highest risk DV. So the women that that are a part of our high risk teams are at imminent risk of death. And Mm. we have lots of different projects and workers across different areas. So QPS, Queensland Health, the court system, youth justice, housing, child safety, all of these core members that come together regularly to discuss the cases and make sure that the the women and children are safe and it's not just the DV service holding that risk. Yeah, we we have a a men's change behaviour program. So that is for men who are using violence and they go through a 26-week course. Beautiful community education team. So our marketing comms team do all of our community engagement so we go out to the sector we go into schools we have beautiful resources on our website we've just launched a healthy relationships booklet so it goes through everything from consent what happens when somebody says no to you 
how do you deal with that, you know, the self-care side of things as well. So Center for Women does lots and lots, lots and lots yeah. and lots of stuff. And we're always thinking of different ways of doing it and what else can be done to help women and children and men be safe. It's such an extensive kind of range of programs that you're offering yeah. at the center. And it's fantastic to hear how you're branching out into different areas as well. Yeah. And Stacey, when we were just talking before about your professional educational background, you really had a focus in the area of human services and counseling and working with the community. So what skills did these experiences teach you? And how do you believe that these skills are critical to succeeding in the social impact sector? Well, I think, you know, my qualifications, I think what I've been able to take from them is that there is that mm. there's theory alongside the work that we do. There is the practical component and the relationships that you build with people and that lends itself into our developing partnerships and other projects. Yeah. And then also the client work that we do that you need that you need the ability to empathize and build rapport, but then you need a business lens as well in, a, in leadership within the community sector. And one of the things that I missed just speaking about, sorry, is our social enterprise. So we have a social enterprise as part of Center for Women and that is oh, wow. um, her platform. And her platform has two components to it. We have her space and mm. then her shop. And her space is our co-locating workspace down here in Underwood where you can hire out the entire centre is an event space or we've got different meeting rooms and different workshop spaces and all of the revenue goes back into programs and, and practical mm. support, so mobile phones and so forth. And then we have the shop, which we sell really cool, empowering T-shirts for men and women, stationery, bits and pieces, and that's always going to be an ever-evolving space as being a shop is. So, yeah, that sort of goes hand in hand with my qualification around human services and the range of, the, you know, the diversity that comes with that. And I did some other stuff around leadership and business management and Australian Institute for Company Directors course, which was just incredible as well. So it gives you that whole overview of what it takes to run a business, but also with that human component to it. Mm, yeah, there's sorry, a... I think I answered that. I'm not sure if I answered that well. <laughs> no, you 100% sorry. did, Stacey. And it's very clear, as you mentioned at the end there, that intersection kind of between your background, yeah. the centre, and then that social enterprise aspect. And I wish you all the best with that venture as you move forward. So, Stacey, now let's look a bit more on a broader level. What support do you think could be offered federally, whether this is from the government or even the private sector, to help respond to the cyclical issue? of domestic violence? Great question. I think my first instant thought is investment in education yeah. and early intervention. So early intervention prevention and education of our younger generations. You know, we, we do this work on a minuscule level with a very, very tight budget across our region. But if there was opportunity for the government or the private sector to help at a larger level, that's what I'd be speaking to them about is the early intervention prevention space. Where can the education department be involved in this? How does it become a part of our curriculum? How do we teach our younger generations about what is okay, what is not okay in relationships? And we launched last year our children's book, My Friend Gordon. And it's all about this beautiful, you know, little boy who 
wants a friend and is confused about why is he wanting to be friends with other people? Don't I own him, mm-hmm. you know, as a friend? And so it's that really early educational piece around yeah. healthy relationships. And, and that can be a friendship, that can be a sexual relationship, that can be a work relationship. It, it's any relationship that you have in your life and mm-hmm. really deeply understanding your rights and responsibilities so it would be that and then my my other part of it would be accountability to people using violence. Mm. Ah, mm. Of course. Yeah, those are a few really great recommendations there, Stacey. And yeah. hopefully the federal government in the next few years perhaps enacts some of those policies and we see some of those frameworks put up. So, Stacey, oh. yeah, as I mentioned earlier, you are a leader in the sector. However, there are many other inspiring projects or initiatives I'm sure you've come across recently, and these will be creating a positive social change. So are there any that you would like to mention? I think, you know, look, we are so blessed in Australia that there is just such an incredible range of different people doing different things Mm. and especially in the social enterprise realm. And for us, I, I think for me, when I think about this particular question, it's this changing of the conversation around supporting people who aren't feeling great and that are not in a good place that are using violence Mm-hmm. that we need to focus our energy. It doesn't mean that we're taking our energy away from supporting women and children. It just means that we are trying to do that early intervention prevention before it gets worse. And so when we started thinking about Centre for Women's Impact and how do we actually stop it before it starts, it comes back to supporting men. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anxiety around talking about that as a woman because I think there's a lot of confusion around what feminism means and you can't be a feminist if you're supporting men. Well, actually you can because I'm a hardcore feminist, but I think that if we can help men not hurt women, then Mm. we're in a much better place. And so we need to have that conversation and we need men at the table to have those conversations. So that's why it inspired us to develop men and co-services It's in its really early stages and there's so much potential. And we, you know, we opened up Men & Co about in October last year. We had our website go live about six, seven weeks ago. And, you know, we've done no advertising yet. We have been receiving, you know, five to seven inquiries a week from men saying, I'm breaking up with my partner. I'm not coping. Can you please help me? Yeah. And there is a massive gap here that needs to change. And that's changing the trajectory as well of going, we need to stop it before it even starts. And, and a lot of the time we hear women saying, I love him. I just want him to stop using violence. I don't want to break up with him. I don't want him to go to prison. I just want him to stop using violence. So how can we be a part of that? as a society. And I think that that is around holding perpetrators accountable, but also offering them a different way of living. That's really, really crucial, I guess, all of Mm -hmm. those aspects to consider. And it's great to see that you've kind of like integrated those directly into the programs that you're running at the centre. So it's really great to hear that. So to finish off, What books or resources would you perhaps recommend to our listeners, whether these are directly related to social enterprise or any of the theories that are kind of underpinning your work at the center? Well, one of the things that I haven't really touched on, but I'll very quickly touch on it because it relates to the books 
and the resources mm. is that my passion and, you know, obviously my passion is the work that we do, but yeah. more so above that is the passion that I have for my team and looking mm. after my team and making sure that they are the healthiest that they can be mentally, physically, emotionally, all of it. And I mentioned at the beginning, I'm only as good as my team. And I have the most amazing team ever. And I I love them to pieces. But a huge part of that is making sure that the culture is healthy and safe. And so resources and books that help me ensure that I am on the right track to do that, to make sure that they are safe because they're dealing with trauma every day, all day. So they need to be the healthiest that they can be. And that comes down to our company culture. So a couple of the key books and resources that I turn to and pretty cliche, but I absolutely swear by it is Seth Godin. So particularly his book, What to Do When It's Your Turn. Yeah. that book. I also love Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek is just brilliant in really tapping into understanding why you do what you do. It's so fantastic. Yeah. And we ask our team members all the time, why are you here? Because if you're not here for the right reasons, then it's going to be a really quick turnaround because you have to be here for the right reasons. And the other one is Brene Brown. Yeah. Dare to lead. And, you know, she has influenced our values and the culture of the Centre for Women. And I'm so grateful for what she shares from her platform and how we've been able to integrate that to really build a safe and healthy culture for Centre for Women team members because that is, I can't do it without them. No, those are a few excellent recommendations. And it's really good, I guess, kind of leading into the end of the interview to tie that all back to that core purpose, that core purpose that we've seen throughout your entire background and then joining the centre and then just all of the work that you've conducted. So I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, thank you so much for coming in today and thank you for sharing your generous insights and your time with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, no, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) And I wish you all the best in the future and just Good luck with all of your programs. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter.